Well, we will be in Ephesians chapter 4 again, for those of you who have their Bibles and want to turn there. Now, we didn't get together, the worship leaders and and I, and the songs they picked were perfect with what we're going to talk about in this session. So it's just amazing to see how God just goes before. Let's pray again. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you again. And Lord, we know that you're already working here in this room and in this place. And Lord, um, we just ask again to prepare our hearts and minds. And Lord, your word says that you know every word before it's on our tongue. And so, Lord, I pray that since you know every word I'm going to say, could you just let me know what they are? And and can every single one be from you and not from me? So we thank you, we praise you, we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that cool? He loves us so much. He knows everything about us that he literally knows every word before it's on our tongue. Don't you just wish that sometimes he could have just sipped your lips for you? (laughs) You know, if he knew we were going to say something, we'd regret like, Why didn't he do that? (laughs) Anyhow. Okay, so as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 4, I have a couple questions for you again. Is God your everything? Praise the Lord. And do you have a peace that surpasses understanding no matter what is taking place in your life? Or is there something missing? Something you can't quite grasp? Are you darkened in the understanding of the things of God? And do you feel as if you are separated from the life of God? In Ephesians 4.24, it says, And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And we learn from this verse that you were created to be like God. If you wonder who you are, I mean, a lot of times we think that. Who, are, who am I? Why was I given life? What? You know, we go through all these things in our mind. Well, you were created to be like God. Did you know that? It's amazing when you think that. That, Just that statement in itself is deep. You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In fact, when you look at Ephesians 5, 1, you are called to be an imitator of God. And in verse 2 of that verse, it's passage, chapter 5, it says you are called to live a life of love. Did you know that? It's just amazing. When you read God's word, there is so much in there about the call God has on your life. But this will only happen in your life if you do what our verse calls you to do, to put on the new self, not your old self. Not who you used to be, not who you were 10 years ago, not who you were last year, not who you were last week, not even who you were 10 minutes ago. You're to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Unfortunately, though, there's something that is keeping a lot of us from that. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And so the title of this session is Clothed in Wisdom. The first session was Clothed in Fine Linen, and this one is Clothed in Wisdom. And of course, from the moment of your salvation, you were clothed in righteousness. We talked about that. And we're going to talk even more about that in the third session. And you are clothed in the fine linen of the bride of Christ because Jesus Christ is your bridegroom. But many times there are things which is keeping us from becoming all that God created you to be. And so we're going to look at Ephesians 4, 17 through 31. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their thinking. So we're not to live as the five foolish did, which we talked about, right? And verse 18 says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Now, ignorance, sometimes that word has a bad connotation, you know, but ignorance means that you just don't know. 
Okay, so a lot of what I'm going to teach you this morning is a message the Lord has had me be teaching women for since 1993 when I started the ministry. And I realized that a lot of women just don't understand what I'm about to teach you. And a lot of times they're even saying, why wasn't I ever taught this? And so just like this verse says, it says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, but listen, due to the hardening of their hearts. And a lot of times, women, I see that we can so harden our hearts without even realizing it because of the hurts that have happened to us in our life. We live in a sinful world. We cannot go through this, this life without being hurt somehow. And because all of us in this room probably have stories of how people have hurt us, a lot of times we start to build walls between us and other people. And we build them because of the hardening of our hearts. But God never wanted us to harden our hearts. He has a better way for us because he knows that the hardening of our hearts is going to separate us from him. And that hardening of our hearts is going to keep us from becoming all that he created you to be. And he created you for a specific purpose. He gave you life. If you are still breathing right now in and out, God's giving you life for a reason. Otherwise, he would take you home right now. If he was done with you here on earth, he would take you home. And so there's something he wants you to be busy about. But a lot of times because of the ignorance of what's going on in our own lives, in our own hearts, our hearts become hard. And so are you darkened in the understanding of the things of God? Do you feel as if you're separated from the life of God? Is God your everything? Do you have a peace that surpasses all understanding no matter what's taking place in your life? Or is there something that's not quite right? Something you can't grasp. Maybe you're even somebody who loves the Lord. You were on fire for the Lord. And you realize there's just something there. I ask you to have your heart open to what God might want to speak to you this morning. And so verse 17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the fertility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And so many times I see women who are ignorant of what is taking place in their lives because of that. Now, let me explain. And what I'm about to explain in this session is key. This message has the ability to change your life. I've seen it change hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women's lives. And it doesn't matter if you're somebody who never even knew the Lord or I've trained a lot of women in leadership and pastor's wives in how to biblically counsel. And I've seen it change people's lives. Why? Because it's all God's word. It's 100% his word. And it's going to teach you how to be set free from anything that may be causing you to have that hardened heart. And I can only give it to you in a nutshell, but later on after workshop or something, I might have a book table out there if you want more. Or are they recording it today? Are you guys recording this message? Oh, good. You could get the message if you need to go back through and get the verses. Um, so questions also, more questions. I love to ask you questions. Do any of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, especially when I ask you these questions, have you ever struggled with anxiety or fear? I know some women who, oh, they're raising their hands anyhow. (laughs) We as women can struggle with anxiety and fear, can't we? We can like, oh, no, this could happen. Oh, no, that could happen. Oh, my goodness, this could happen. And we're missing out on what God has for us, you know. He wants us to trust in him. Or what about feeling blue or depressed? Have you struggled with depression? What about anger and rage? Have you ever snapped at somebody and in the back of your mind you can't even figure out why and you're like, what is going on? And you're like yelling at him and you're like, ah, but have you ever done that? Don't you wish back to if the Lord knew what was on my tongue before I said it, why didn't he just zip up my lips, you know? (laughs) And what about your relationships? Do you have relationship difficulties? 
Are there people in your life that are just really hard to be around and you wonder what's going on? Or do you feel like you might even be the one that's causing these problems sometimes before giggling? <laughs> okay, your pastor's wife did not tell me anything about you guys, okay? <laughs> I know nothing, <laughs> but the Lord knows. And that's why he brought me here. <laughs> and what about self-destructive behaviors? What about alcohol? or drug abuse, or eating disorders, or maybe even suicidal thoughts. Have you struggled? Don't raise your hand with any of these. God's word says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And so I want to teach you, because remember the word ignorant? A lot of times it's just because we don't understand And so my prayer for you is that the light bulb will go on today because knowledge really is the beginning of freedom. And I've seen that as women start to understand what's taking place in the depths of their heart, they can then start to grasp hold of God's word, apply God's word to their life so that they can be set free. Now, there's a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23, that says, above all else. Guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Above all else, above everything, guard your heart, because it affects everything you do. God's word calls us to guard our hearts, because he knows that if we hold on to the hurt and the pain and the bitterness and the unforgiveness, that our hearts are going to become hard And we're going to end up not living the life that God called us to live because of this. Now, let me explain it this way. These are some of my favorite verses. There's a verse in Proverbs, and it's repeated twice. And I say, if God's repeating something twice, we better listen up, right? I mean, why would, I mean, how many hundreds of verses are there? And there's just a, hand, a few of them that are repeated twice. So listen up. It's found in Proverbs 18:8 and 26:22. And it says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's in most part. Now think about that for a moment. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's in most part. What do you think, Proverbs 18.8 and 26.22, what do you think that means? Now, it's really interesting. I've been studying this, um, pat, this um, term, inmost being, for, I don't know, 15 years now. I love this, this passage of inmost being, this term. And uh, it's interesting, in Psalms 139:13, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And a lot of times we look at those verses and we look at them as, as pro-life verses because, wow, you know, God knit each baby together in its mother's womb. And God knit you in your mother's womb. And we focus on that and we miss the very beginning of Psalms 139.13, which says, For you created my inmost being. Well, what do you think that means? I believe, after years and years of researching, that God created the innermost being of us, that depth of our heart, as the place that he wants to meet with us in intimacy. Have you ever been someplace at a woman's retreat and you're setting, maybe you went to Marietta Hot Springs, have you ever been there and you're setting by the lake or up here, you guys are just in beautiful territory, you know, and you're watching the sunrise or you're watching the sunset and you just feel the Lord's whisper to your heart. Have you ever had a moment like that? He was speaking to the depths of your innermost part, the innermost being, that, that depth of your heart. It's the place that he created to meet with you in intimacy. And it's the place that is going to live for all eternity in one of two places, depending upon whether you accepted him as your Lord and Savior or not. But guess what? The enemy does not want you to meet with the Lord, does he? The enemy wants to try to stop everything in, in inti, any of that intimacy with the Lord. And so he wants you to stuff the depth of your heart with all of this yuck. So the verse that says the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost part. That's what happens if somebody gossips about us. Has anybody ever said something that wasn't true? 
And don't you just think about it over and over again. And you think, why did she say that? Why did she do that? I don't understand. I didn't do anything to her. You know, one time when I was a little girl, I, um, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was five. And I just couldn't understand what had happened. One day I'm daddy's little girl and the next day daddy was gone. And I had this big hole in my heart. And from that point forward, I was just trying to fill that hole in my heart in all the wrong ways. I had no idea that God had, a, a, that he wanted me to have this right relationship with him. And if I had a right relationship with him, not just a saved relationship, but a right relationship with him, then I wouldn't have that hole in my heart. But you see, ladies, a lot of us, because we were created with this innermost being, I do believe we were created with a hole in our heart that can only be filled by a right relationship with him. But we don't understand that. We're ignorant of that. And because of that, we try to fill that hole in all the wrong ways. Well, a lot of times, because we live in a sinful world, people will do things that will hurt you. And so here I was, a little girl, and I was, you know, trying to fill this hole in my heart in all the wrong ways, and, and sometimes in the good ways. But one day I was riding my bike, and I rode back. I grew up in Seal Beach, California. And I was riding my bike by a church there, and it said, Vacation Bible School, all children are welcome. And I'm like, okay. So I took myself to Vacation Bible School. (laughs) Isn't that cool? So if you're a children's ministry leader, and the parents come and drop kids off at your church, just say, praise the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter at this point. We want the parents there, but it's okay. Just love upon the kids, because a whole family can be changed. You know, my whole family is now saved, praise the Lord. And so God's good. But anyhow, um, so here I was nine years old so I went to vacation Bible school by myself and I remember there learning that John 3:16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life and I accepted the Lord as my savior and I just I was in love with him it just was starting to fill that hole in my heart and so I would walk myself to church Well, I discovered there was this girl on my block who went to that church. So we started going together. So one day I went walking over to get pick her up before church. I rang the doorbell. She came to answer the door and she goes, where'd you get that purse? And I'm like, well, my mom bought it. No, she didn't. That's my purse. You stole my purse. And I'm like, I didn't steal your purse. My mom bought me this purse. No, you stole my purse. I can't find my purse anywhere. You stole my purse. I was crushed. But, praise the Lord, I still went to church. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm going to church. So I went to church, and we were like in the multi-purpose room where they sing and everything. And she was sitting in the row behind me with all of her friends. And she's going, do you see that purse she has? Do you see that purse? She stole that purse. And I remember just being crushed. Why would she say that? Why would she say that to all the people? You know, well, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. And sometimes when somebody does something to hurt us, we chew on it and we chew on it and we chew on it. And we think about it over and over and over again. And then when we can't handle it anymore, it goes down to a man's inmost part. And a lot of times we stuff that hurt and pain down in the depths of our heart, right? Well, when we stuff it there, it changes form. And you also have to understand that God created the depths of your innermost being as the place that he wants to meet with you. But he's a jealous God. And he doesn't want to share that place in the depths of your heart with anybody or anything. He wants to be first in your life. But a lot of times, because nobody has taught us biblically how to take our hurts and pains and give them to God in the manner he intended, we chew on them, and God's word becomes true because we stuff them deep inside. Well, in my 23 years of ministering to people and being in this ministry, I have seen that hurt, not handled in the manner God intended, will turn into anger. Think about it. The more you think about that, don't you just go, why did they say that? Why did they do this? And God's word says in Ephesians 4.26, we've been in Ephesians this day. Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. 
You see, the Lord never intended for us to hold on to that hurt, that pain, that anger, because he knows that as we do, we're giving the enemy a foothold in our life. And anger over time is going to turn into bitterness. How many people have you seen that are so bitter? And they are so, they're hurt, they're angry, they're bitter over what happened in their life. When you look at an elderly person, they're either the sweetest person and you just wish you had more time to go visit them and they just want to just, oh, I baked some cookies. I'm so glad you cut. It's okay, honey. You know, I mean, they just love you, right? Or there's that bitter person. Well, back in 1964, you know, and you're just like, what happened? The different, and it seems like as we get older, you're in one or two of these camps. Which you're either foolish then or you're either wise. And so what happened? The one that has that list in their heart has never learned to let go. And they've stuffed it deep inside. And so hurt not handled in the manner God intended will turn into anger. Anger over time will turn into bitterness. And bitterness will turn into a bitter poison that will infect your whole life. And that is what's keeping you from becoming all that God created you to be. That's why he says, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything, not some things. It affects everything you do. And so God wants to teach you a way to give your hurt and pain to him. And uh, some people will say, you know, we're a new creation in Christ, and so we're to forget what's behind. It is true. We are a new creation in Christ. But if what is in your past is affecting you today, then it is not in your past. It's today. You're still living with it, and everybody's being affected by it, you know. And so we got to let go. And so what has happened with most women I've seen over the years, they were never taught how to give it to God in a, in a tangible way so that they could be set free. And so because of that, they're darkened in their understanding, and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, Due to the hardening of the heart. I even know people who have hardened their heart against God because maybe they were hurt by a Christian. You know, how many times are we hurt? Don't we expect Christians to be at a whole different level in their walk and that they're never supposed to hurt us? But just like this girl, right, who was a Christian longer than me and she's gossiping about me at church, I had no idea that even that hurt. I had stuffed and held on to it. I held on to it for years. And, and it was affecting my relationship as a child and as a teenager with the Lord. And I was ignorant of it. I had no idea. But when I came back to, um, I'm not going to go into my whole testimony right now, but as a teen, I had totally blown it, and I fell way away from the Lord. And at 16, I ended up pregnant, and then to cover up my sin, I chose abortion. And from there, I started doing alcohol to just numb the pain. And pretty soon when that didn't work, I tried to do drugs, and I'm just trying to numb the pain. And I got to a place that I, I was ready to just end it all. I was trying to figure out how to commit suicide where it wouldn't hurt, you know. (laughs) I'm a big chicken, (laughs) and I just praise the Lord for that, you know, because he had plans for my life, just as he has plans for every person in this room. Suicide, if anybody is thinking about suicide, this is not God's plan for your life. It's not. He is the author and finisher of our faith, and he has a job for you to do. And he's the one that decides when to take you home. So if you're struggling, don't leave here without getting prayer from somebody. Don't leave here without giving your hurt and pain to him and being set free because he wants to set you free. He brought you here for a purpose. You are not here by mistake today. He brought you here for a divine reason. He loves you. You are his daughter. You are the bride of Christ. And he has a plan for your life. And I'm thankful because he had a plan for my life. At that point, my life might have been totally out of control. And a lot of the reasons why my life was totally out of control was because I was ignorant of what was taking place in the depths of my innermost being. And because of that, I had hardened my heart. 
But then in my 20s, I knew my life was all messed up, and I knew that God was the only one that could help me. And so I rededicated my life to the Lord, and from that moment, I wanted to only know what God had to say. Man had blown it for me. I didn't want to hear what any of man's ideas anymore. And for some reason, the Lord put on my heart, find a church that teaches verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And I thought, what concept? I thought the Bible was for my grandma's age, you know? <laughs> and so sure enough, the Lord led me right off. First church I went to was a Calvary Chapel, and they were teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And I fell in love again with the Lord. And I wanted to learn from him, and I wanted to make decisions in my life based upon his will word so that I would quit messing up my life. I was tired of messing up my life. And so God started teaching me this very early on in my walk with him. And I went to my first woman's retreat. I was so excited. And that's where the Lord started teaching me about the yuck that I had stuffed in the depths of my heart that I had hold, held on to hurt and pain and anger and bitterness. And that that was even separating me from my heart, from him. And as I would take a quiet time and I would pray, he even brought back this incident of church when I was nine years old of that girl saying I had stole her purse. And I thought, how weird is such a weird little thing, you know? Why would this even affect me? But because of the ignorance of what's going on, our hearts can become hard, and we can even blame God for these things, which he never intended. Of course, he never did these things to us. This was not his perfect will for us. He was always there waiting for us to run to him. And so I'm at that woman's retreat, and he's putting on my heart, just give me this hurt. Get even that little hurt, give it to him. And so after that session, it was so interesting because we were at a conference center down at the base of the mountain, Arrowhead Springs, I think it might be called, and they were having different women's retreats, right? And at that time, I was attending Calvary Chapel, Seal Beach. And so anyhow, there was Cornerstone having their women's retreat as well. And in walked two women from Cornerstone, and they said, we heard that Seal Beach is having their retreat, and we just wanted to come because I grew up in Seal Beach. And I looked, and there was that girl who said, I stole her purse. Can you believe it? I've never seen her for years, and I still haven't seen her since that day. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness, the Lord just just busted me of what was going on in my heart over this incident. And, and, and he had me forgive her, and now she's standing here. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I said, can I speak to you for a minute? <laughs> And I said, I just want to let you know this is the strangest thing because do you remember back when we were nine? And and I'm telling her the story and she's like, yeah. She's like, I'm so sorry. I found my purse. (laughs) (laughs) You found your purse? (laughs) I go, well, it was so amazing because God was showing me in my heart that I had held on to that. And that it, it changed form within my heart. It became anger and it, and, and it darkened my heart. It hardened my heart against the Lord. And that I needed to let that go. I just want to let you know that I forgive you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, you know. <laughs> so then we go back to the group. And one of my friends who grew up on our same street who was at the Seal Beach retreat with me, she goes, can I talk to you too? And she takes the same girl aside. I often wondered what she talked to her about. <laughs> Amazing. (laughs) But (laughs) God's word says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost part. And ladies, each one of us in this room has been hurt by different things in life. It could be a little hurt from when we were nine years old and somebody gossiped about you. Or it could be big hurts like rape or abuse or abortion, like in my situation. Sometimes our sins are self-inflicted, and sometimes they're inflicted by other people. But no matter whether they're self-inflicted or inflicted by another, the bottom line is this. What we do with that hurt is what will set us apart. What we do with the hurt is what will set us apart.
We either give that hurt to God in the manner that he intended and be set free and be cleansed vessels and be able to put on our new self and true righteousness and holiness. It's not something we pretend to be. It's something we really can become in our life as we walk closer and closer with him. Not that we're perfect. We're still going to blow it. But you just know that Christ is working through you because you're a cleansed vessel. Or you can stay ignorant and darkened in your understanding. Well, you're not ignorant anymore because I told you what was going on. (laughs) So you're busted. But you can stay darkened in your understanding, can't you? You can choose to not let go. I've had women like that, too, who are choosing. But you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand. I have a right to be angry. But you know what? You're only hurting yourself. You're allowing your heart to become hard. And because of that, there's an infection in your heart. And you're giving the enemy a stronghold. Do you know that I have seen that no matter what a woman's struggling with, whether it's depression, anxiety, rage, um, any of it, it's all tied to this issue we're talking to right here. And as she gives that hurt, that pain, that anger, that bitterness to the Lord, And she lets go of it. She's set free. It's amazing. I've seen it over and over and over again. Now, there are three different causes of depression. I'll just make a side note right there. For those of you that may have been struggling with depression, there is a message. If you go to my webpage, ShariforZonke.com, I'll stick some business um, um, cards out there. You can go to resources and go to audio, and and all of those things are free. And um, you can uh, listen. There's a message. Scroll down and find the one on depression because it will talk about the three causes. Because you can, as women, have medical condition. You could have a thyroid out of whack. You could have, um, you could have um, hormones out of whack. And so get a blood test. But don't just go to the doctor and let him give you um, antidepressants without doing blood tests. You have him do blood tests first and your, your, I can't say that, your analysis to see if there's something that chemically needs to be adjusted before you go there. And so anyhow, that's just a side note for those of you struggling. But even if you are struggling with depression because of a medical condition or because of a grief situation, if somebody passed away, that depression is a normal stage of grief, okay? And you can't rush that. It's okay to cry. God's word shows that even Jesus wept and so that's okay it's okay to understand that that's part of the grief cycle okay but I have seen that if you're struggling with one of those two cases because of health or because of a death of a loved one that the depression can be worse if you have this taking place too but as you take place of any infection that's in your heart then you're set free from that aspect of it. And now you're only dealing with grief because of somebody passed away or grief, uh, sorry, depression because of grief or depression because of a health issue that you can start to deal with. Does that make sense? And I've seen that it then lessens. And so God created our innermost being. He created that place that he wants to meet with you in intimacy. But just as Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not allow the sun to go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And that's what we do. We give the devil a foothold. But God's a jealous God, and he doesn't want to share the depths of your innermost being with anybody or anything. And so if your heart is stuffed full of this infection, he doesn't want to meet with you. In Isaiah, it doesn't mean that he's gone. He's there. God has never moved. It's us. It's us who build the wall. It's us who need to take the wall down. It's us who harden our hearts. He never hardened your heart. It's us who hardens our heart. Okay? In Isaiah 59, 1-2, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your inequities have separated you from him. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. 
And so I want to teach you today a way that you can give that hurt and pain to God and that you can let it go so that you're that cleansed vessel. And this is not a one-time event, ladies. (laughs) Sometimes we think it's a one-time event. We'll just get all cleaned up today and go forward. But we live in a sinful world. We're going to be hurt again. Or we might want to take back that old hurt. And so it's something that needs to become a part of our life daily. And some of you might be going through some really hard times right now. You might be struggling with somebody who's just toxic. We had a toxic person in our life for about three years that we had to deal with. And some people are just toxic, you know. And so sometimes you have to run to the Lord moment by moment and give him the new hurts and the new pain because he wants to set you free. He doesn't want you to hold on to any of them. And so we don't want to have that unguarded heart, which verse 19 says, having lost all sensitivity, they were given up over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You know, it's interesting in my many years of biblically counseling, especially working with teenagers and stuff and, and, and people who aren't married, it's, it's interesting how we can even end up in sexual immorality because of the hurt in our heart, because of what's taking place. And God wants us to give that infection to him so that we can be set free. Verse 20 says, You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. And so it's amazing that we weren't taught that way, nor is God teaching us that way. He wants us to be set free. We are to be living our life based upon him, which we're going to look more at in the next session. And so if you've been struggling with any of the issues that we talked about today, whether they're big issues in your life or little bothersome issues in your life, be taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Christ. And that's my whole ministry. That's what changed my life. That's what set me free. And God wants to set you free as well. And so look at Ephesians 4.22. There's freedom in that. It says you were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And the only way that we can put off our old self is to look at verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood so it's time to stop deceiving yourselves sometimes i see that we as women we deceive ourselves oh my goodness god's word says that we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us i've even asked people i had this one woman i remember one time i was asking her okay this week i want you to pray and ask the lord what the root is of all these things that are going on to your in your life and i want you to really pray and seek that root and a lot of times the lord already gives me what her root is i know what her root is but i want her to discover it it's important for her to discover it because as she discovers it she can then be set free so i'm like that's your assignment this week pray and ask the lord for what the root is so she comes in the next week and i'm like did you remember to be praying and asking the Lord what the root was. And she's like, yeah, yeah, he did. He showed me something even. I go, really, what did he show you? Well, I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, what do you mean you can't remember? Well, when he showed it to me, I said it couldn't possibly be that, and now I can't remember. I'm like, yes, I know, I want to say that too. I try not to say that in front of him. I'm just like... But that's how we are, women. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, sorry, verse 25 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer. Now, when I teach from this passage, sometimes I, I think, you know, okay, we're all Christian women for the most part here. Nobody's really stealing. But in the last, like, 10 or 15 years, maybe 10 years, I cannot believe how many stories I've heard of Christian people stealing from people. 
stealing, like at their jobs, they're stealing. My my um, nephew was, is an eye doctor, and he had a Christian um, person who would size the, the glasses. She was stealing from him. She was taking his inventory and selling it on the Internet. She, it's public. She got in trouble for that. She got arrested and everything, and she has to pay it back. But just crazy. Christian woman. You would think she just loves the Lord. And then, especially when I talk to people who are helping family members as they get older, how many people just steal? And so I just feel like we need to point that out. He who has been stealing must steal no longer. So if it's speaking to anybody in here, just stop, okay? No more. From this day forward, no more stealing. (laughs) But must work. Oh, there's a concept. we got to go to work. (laughs) God's word says if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat, okay? Why? If you don't feed the person. One time I had a woman in Bulgaria. She had a 30-year-old son living there. She's a single woman trying to take care of her son. He's 30 years old. She, he's living with her. She's providing everything. Bulgaria, they don't make a lot of money, and she can hardly make it. And she goes, what do I do? My son, he won't go to work. I told her, stop feeding him. And she's like, What? I go, stop feeding him. And she's like, I can't do that. I can't stop feeding him. I go, you're enabling bad behavior. That's what you're doing. You're enabling bad behavior. Stop enabling bad behavior. And I said, why do you think God's word says if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat? I go, why do you think? She's like, I don't know. I go, come on. It's not that difficult. Let's look at God's word. See, we like to deceive ourselves because we want to continue to enable the bad behavior. Okay, and I told her, stop it. If you quit feeding him, he's going to get hungry. And he's going to go figure out a way to eat, you know. And so we're not to be stealing any longer. We're to work. We're to do something useful with our hands that he may have something to share with those in need. This is part of God's word. He wants people to be working. He wants us to be working so that we can be sharing with those in need, so that we can do the work around the world that God has us doing. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of their mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. Remember, we've been talking about that. Rage and anger. Brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice. We are called to not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We are called to get rid of the hurt, the pain, the anger, the bitterness unforgiveness we are called to put off our old self and to put on our new self so how do we do that that's the important thing right how do we do this a lot of times we hear messages i'm like yeah i'll be sitting listening to a message so good but how do you do it and this is the most important part i'm going to teach you how to do it verse ephesians 4 26 through 27 holds the key in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you're still angry And do not give the devil a foothold. Ephesians 4, 4 and 5 says, In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. So every night before we go to sleep, ladies, we are to give it to the Lord. Now, one time I remember I was, I've been married 31 years to my best friend. I'm so blessed. Yes, thank you. God's so good. But anyhow, one time I was mad at him. Just because he's my best friend doesn't mean that he doesn't do things that make me mad, right? And so one time I was really mad at him. The kids were little, and I remember going. We lived in Temecula at the time, and I was sitting out on the swing set. And I was watching the sunset. It was that time where the sun was already down, but all the pretty colors, you know. And I was so mad at him. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I'm so mad at him, Lord. And, and, and I, this verse came to my mind, you know, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're so angry. And I said, well, you know, Lord, I got 23 and a half hours because the sun's already down. <laughs> 
you ever just been so mad that it feels good to be mad, you know? You know, it's like, they deserve my anger, right? And so I'm like, I got 23 and a half hours. And then he put on my heart, okay, if you want to stay up all night, because Psalms 4, 4, and 5 says, in your anger when you're on your bed, search your heart and be silent. So I had a choice. I could either stay up all night, right, or... I needed to give it to the Lord before I go to bed. And you know why God calls us to do that? He knows that as we hold on to it, we stuff it deep inside. And then the next day we wake up and we might still be mad, right? And then we stuff that deep inside. And the next day we wake up and we're not quite so mad. And then it goes on and pretty soon, especially if it's somebody that's in your household or you work with every day or you have to be around every day, you need to work with them again. And so you convince yourself you're not mad anymore. We're very good at deceiving ourselves. And you're like, no, I'm over it. I love them. I forgave them. We as Christian women, we are so good at saying I forgave them, you know. But then they do something that reminds us of the past hurt, right? And we're just like a cow chewing the cud. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost part, and then we regurgitate it all, and we chew on it again. But God wants us to give it to him before we go to bed. So tonight, you guys are no longer ignorant. It's time for you to give this stuff to the Lord before you go to bed. And so we're to put on our new self. And as we cleanse our heart, we become a cleansed vessel. And as we are a cleansed vessel, we're able to hear his still small voice speaking to us to that depths of our innermost being. That's why God wanted us to guard our heart. Because if we don't guard our heart, he knows it affects everything we do. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. If you've been struggling with any issue, ask the Lord for wisdom. Ask him what the root of that issue is that you've been struggling with and then give it to him. And the key verse to do that is found in Psalms 139 also. Remember, Psalms 139.13 says, For he created my inmost being. Well, in Psalms 139.23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Isn't that interesting? Know my anxiety. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And so this is key. If there's... Two verses you memorize in life. These are two great verses to memorize where that can become your prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And as you ask the Lord, Lord, show me what is the root of what's going on in my life. Lord, what is keeping me in my old self and keeping me from putting on the new self to be created like you? What is it, Lord? He will be faithful to show you because he loves you. He wants to meet with you in the depths of your innermost being. He created that place to meet with you. He's going to show you. It's just us that harden our heart against him. Don't harden your heart. And so ask him, say, search me, O God, and show me. You know what's really interesting, though, in that verse? See if there's any offensive way in me. When I write, I like to look up all the different versions of the Bible. I like to see which one's flowing best with what the Lord has me saying. So I look up every verse I'm using in any book in four or five or six different versions. And so when I looked up this passage, it was interesting because when it says, see if there's any offensive way in me, there were four different ways that the word offensive was translated. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. The four were hurtful, offensive, wicked, and grievous. And I thought, wow, they're even sort of different. Usually it might be a different word, but it's close. It has the same meaning. And I'm like, this is really interesting. So I went back to the original language that it was written in to see which was the best translation. And if any of you know another language, you know that some words have a richer meaning in one language than they do in another. And in this case, the original language that this was written in has a richer meaning than English. And so all four of the translations are great hurtful 
offensive, wicked, and grievous. And I thought, well, how interesting because that parallels what I've been telling women forever. Hurt, hurtful, hurt not handled in the manner that God intended will turn into anger. Offensive. Offensive to who? God's word says in your anger do not sin. Now, God created us to have emotions, and he knows we can be angry. And so sometimes anger isn't sin. Like when you're first angry, it's not necessarily a sin. But in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. So as we hold on to that anger, right, it becomes a sin. And God's holy. That's why he doesn't want to meet with you in the depths of your innermost being if you're holding on to sin. Does he? And so hurt, not handled in the manner God intended, turns into anger. And that anger becomes offensive to God. And then that hurt will turn into bitterness, which becomes wicked. And wicked, wicked in the Bible is synonymous with sin also. And then it becomes grievous to the Lord. And we end up grieving the Holy Spirit of God, just as we saw in our passage in Ephesians Chapter 4, near the end, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. But there's a fifth way that that word can be translated. And do you want to know what it is? It so surprised me. Idol. As we choose to hold on to our hurt, our pain, our anger and bitterness, and as we choose to not give it to the Lord because you don't understand how bad I was hurt, it becomes an idol. And remember what God's word says. You cannot serve two masters. You can't. You love the one and hate the other. So who are you loving, ladies? Are you loving your hurt and pain? Have you held on to the victim mentality that our culture teaches today? Are you claiming to love the Lord but loving that more? And not giving that up to him. And so I want to encourage you that you do this work tonight before you go to sleep. (laughs) You take that quiet time with the Lord. You ask him what the root is of what's going on in your life. You put off the old self and put on the new self. So that you can become all that God created you to be because he has so much more for you. So much more. We'll be talking about that later. And so we're going to pray right now because we're going to have lunch in a minute. But I also just want to mention that there is going to be a Bible study that you'll find somewhere on the table later today or something. We'll put it on the table. Maybe if we have a book table, we could put it on the book table. And it's a Bible study for what you just learned. So if you want to grab it and take it home and tonight before you go to bed, if you have a chance, do this Bible study. And give the Lord whatever it is that may be keeping you to have that old self. What's keeping you separated from the Lord. What's keeping you to harden your heart. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we just come before you and we thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory for everything you're doing in and through our lives. And Lord, I lift up each woman here. You know what's separating you from them. You know, Lord, you've never moved. It's us. It's us that holds on to the stupid little gossips or the big, huge issues. I have both in my life, and both I've had to learn to let go. But, Lord, you don't want any infection there. You want us to give it to you. There was always a better way. You always wanted us to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll be with each woman, and, Lord, that she would just give these things to you. And as she does, Lord, I pray that you just set her free. And that she would be putting on the new self, created to be like you in true righteousness and holiness. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. And please bless the food in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.